There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latinx culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latinx minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Welcome to Switch on Pop. I am musicologist Nate Sloan. And I am songwriter Charlie Harding. Charles, it's just you and me today, which is good because we have a very delicate subject to dive into. Yeah, we've needed a date. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I've lit some candles here. <laughs> I've got our uh, essential oils we love. <laughs> Bubble bath mixture. Okay. So what are we going to do today? So the past few weeks have not been the most rewarding journeys I've ever had through the Billboard Hot 100. I'm just going to be perfectly transparent off the bat here. There's not much that has really lit a fire for me. I mean, so so it sounds like we have nothing to cover. So maybe we should just take a vacation. Just have 30 minutes of dead air. <laughs> well, luckily, turn turn your eyes to the horizon. There is a savior in sight. Really? Yeah. Someone is swooping in. To rescue us from our top 100 on we here, <laughs> and it's someone very unlikely. As their silhouette a- approaches, we see long locks, stringy, stringy hair, <sighs> tight, tight jeans, a torn T-shirt. Wait a minute, hold on. So wait, wait, wait. So you're saying like John Bon Jovi is having a return? <laughs> Charlie, what if I told you that one Harry Styles of a, a little music group known as One Direction has released one of my favorite songs on the pop charts right now? What would you say to that? I'd be very curious. I have heard this song and I have some feelings about it, but I'm going to hold them close to my chest. All right. Well, let, let me satisfy your curiosity by <laughs> laying all my cards on the table by contrast. Okay. Yes. Harry Styles. So we've covered One Direction before that's right way back when actually this is appropriate because i think that that was i don't know in our in our first dozen episodes or so and i remember it was the first time that i really asked you to convince me of something i was skeptical of and i had a uninformed opinion that that one direction were 
a band just for young screaming children uh, and little did i know that they had some really extraordinary songwriting so i this i feel like we can rehash this uh me sitting here curmudgeon and maybe you'll be able to pull me over we'll, your we'll side see we'll see what happens and make no guarantees yeah my curmudgeon qualities are quite strong harry styles of the band one direction which is a group of young british men formed on the british reality television show the X Factor. X Factor. And then going on to massive global pop success. Yep. Until recently, the first member of this fivesome drops from the group. That's Zayn Malik. Yeah. We covered his song a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. And that was back in 2015. And since then, there have been a steady drip of solo releases from the other members of one direction mm. Niall Horan and uh Lewis Tomlinson and now Harry Styles who who I think again I'm not I, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert here but I, I think in in some ways is one of the most beloved members of this group right so in certain circles this is a big deal the release of Harry Styles first solo record sign of the times and if you need any evidence of that, you can just type in Harry Styles, Sign of the Times, into YouTube, and you will instantly pull up tens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of reaction videos, people, <laughs> young young people, listening to this song for the first time. Some of these videos consist of people reacting, responding to the song. Uh, others of these videos just consist of people just crying, just, <laughs> just crying, just crying for the entire song, just sobbing as they listen to the song for the first time. For the past hour, I changed. I was too uncomfortable in the other shirt. Like, I am literally shaking. I have never felt like this before. I actually feel like I could throw up right now. I have this song Heart is beating out of my chest. <laughs> it's kind of wonderful and bizarre and fascinating all at once. But we'll come back to the culture around the release of this song in the second half of the episode. I feel like we're just talking about Harry Styles' celebrity. I want to get into the music. I think we should probably stop keeping people waiting and just listen to it, right? Okay, yeah, let's get past his, his gorgeous flowing locks, his... <laughs> His his enticing eyes, one of them so just perfectly kind of off kilter <laughs> from the other ones. His 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 impeccable bone structure. Sorry, what what what'd you say? Oh yeah, music. Yeah. Okay, let's drop the needle. Just stop you crying. It's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. Hope you wearing your best clothes. We never learn, we've been here before Why are we always stuck and running from the bullet? The bullet The bullet Just stop your crying, it's a sign of the times We gotta get away 
Okay, Charles, first impressions here listening to Sign of the Times. I remember my very first impression, the first time I heard this song, long time ago, yeah. yesterday. <laughs> the first thing I heard was this chord progression. You know, simple piano, not much going on. I was concerned that he was going to go for the very common one, six, four, five chord progression, which is persistent throughout all of sort of 50s, 60s music. And I was like, uh, too old school, too wonky. But he surprised me. He didn't do that. He made it a little different. Yeah. And so that, that was the first thing. I thought he was going to do something expected. He kind of subverted my expectations. Right. Instead, he does something even more minimal than that classic four chord progression he just drops one of the chords <laughs> right one tonic chord and then to the six minor chord d minor in this case we're in the key of f so we go from f to d minor and then just as you said where you might expect him to drop down to the two or the four he instead goes straight to the five c major which inevitably takes us back to f major and this chord progression, Charlie, F major, D minor, C major, F major, D minor, C major, F major, <laughs> D minor, C major. It goes on and, and on, on and, and on. on and on. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable in just the fealty that Harry Styles and, and his and his co-writer Jeff Basker have to this chord progression because it is just relentless, just a gear turning into infinity, F major, D minor, <laughs> C major. What do you make of this repetitive chord progression here? It's a sign of the times? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure, no, 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 no. I sense some facetiousness in your voice. And yet, let's talk about the title of this song for a second, yeah. and let's touch on maybe what we see as the lyrical meaning here. So, sign of the times, what does that make you think of? People use this saying when an individual moment, usually a bad one, is representative of a larger, greater badness. That's typically the sign of the time statement that I'm, uh, I'm used to hearing. So let me throw out two other contexts for this title, yeah. Sign of the Times. Yeah. The first, and this is the first one that came to my mind, is the Prince song, Sign of the Times. Ah. Yes. Or sign O the times, O apostrophe <laughs> sure. the times, I should say. That was actually released 30 years ago. So maybe also given the recent passing of this brilliant artist, there is some connection there, but hard to say. I think it, it may be coincidental. In France, a skinny man died of a big disease with a little name. That's a bold move to make that connection. You're saying I just made a bold move? No, no, no. I'm saying it's a bold move on behalf of a, a young star stepping out of a boy band to make a connection to the 30th anniversary of an iconic album by one of the most iconic performers of all time. It is bold, but yet I'm, I'm not suggesting that he is necessarily doing so, especially because the music here doesn't really sound, it's not in Prince's sound world, especially. So let's go to another context for Sign of the Times. This is actually drawn from the New Testament, from the Gospel of Matthew 16, 2B-3. Yeah. When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Ooh, are you reading scripture to me now? 
getting really romantic. I am. I've never read scripture to anyone, but I'm reading it to you, Charles. Yeah. So all of a sudden, now we have a different context for Sign of the Times. In this context of the New Testament, we have an eschatological context. Um, Are you hip to eschatology, Charles? I have no idea what you're talking about. E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Eschatology, write it down, you will be quizzed, (laughs) is the study of theology specifically concerned with the end of the world. Oh, wow. That's a real downer. Well, Charlie, it depends on uh, how well you're prepared for (laughs) for the rapture. (laughs) Okay. I'm very confident of what's going to happen to me. Maybe you need to make amends, make peace. As Harry Styles says, you can't bribe the door on your way to the sky, Charles. You can't bribe the door on your way to the sky. Well, let's move away from the biblical context here, and let's move to the eschatology of our Harry Styles sign of the times. Sure. Let's read this song in this end-of-the-world apocalyptic, rapturous light. Yeah. What do we make of the lyrics here? Let's just start at the top just stop your crying it's a sign of the times welcome to the final show hope you're wearing your best clothes uh it makes me think of the in memoriam section of the grammys it's really sad (laughs) (laughs) wow you're just saying awful things and then laughing (laughs) like cackling i should say i don't know what is wrong with you today i'm in a dark mood i went to a really dark comedy show last (laughs) night i don't know what is going on in los angeles okay well my fatalistic friend yeah we can go to some other lines that also seem to have this eschatological vibe sure we never learn we've been here before why are we always stuck and running from the bullets the bullets we never learn we've been here before why are we always stuck and running from the bullets i don't know exactly what to make of this but it does sound very ominous it sounds like something inexorable is coming right well okay so this is where i think i'm a little more critical of this tune because yeah i get it it's apocalyptic but it's also contradictory the, the song is called sign of the times like this specific moment right this period of time and yet to have a sign of the times you have to have a specific moment that is representative of a larger goings-on and yet this song is so non-specific it just feels like the lyrics are broad apocalyptic sadness i find that to be a trenchant criticism charlie oh thank you yeah i don't the surprise of my voice may (laughs) suggest the the begrudgingness with which i say that but i don't disagree there is a a vagueness lurking at the edges of this song that is distressing if we think about it too hard i will pull you over to the dark side Nevertheless, I think there's a sort of blurry universality here that the songwriters are striving for. Sure. Yeah, of course. This idea that we got to get away from here. This is this is repeated over and over again. Yeah. This idea we got to get away from here. It's a sign of the times we got to get away from here. There's a sense of some somewhere between panic and and resignation <laughs> that that I get from the song that I find really interesting and especially in these trying times in which we live in. I don't know that he needs to point specifically to what these signs are. We can locate them ourselves in whatever we're seeing as the sign of the end times. Do you know what I mean? So we've established that there's an apocalyptic message, a a sign of the times that things are not going well, and that's what we're trying to connect to. So I, I guess I would expect to hear that 
in the music. I think we do, but I think if you follow my reading, this is kind of how it goes. Okay. So in terms of the eschatology, and yes, I am going to try and say that word as many times as possible over the course of this episode. Yes, okay. I'm going to refer to you as Professor Sloan throughout the episode as well. So in terms of the eschatology of this song, there's definitely the sense that the, the end times are out there and they're coming, but for the majority of the song, it feels like were in that moment right before that pre-rapture moment. Mm. In fact, we're in this very cyclical world. And as Styles says, uh. we're stuck. Stuck and running at the same time actually kind of captures the harmonic and melodic world of this song for about oh, yeah. the first four minutes of it. Because as we've said, it's the same chord progression that right. repeats over and over again. Right. We have two main melodies that kind of go back and forth. What are those? We have the first melody that goes, da, 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 da. Mm, nice little slide. It's pretty fun to sing, oh. especially that that little glissando at the end. Mm-hmm. Da. Mm-hmm. You know, that little slide over two semitones? Mm. Dropping down. Yeah. Right, followed by another little slide. Da, 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 da. Mm. And this slide throws in a little hint of the blue notes. Da, na, na. Mm. Just stop you crying, it's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. Hope you're wearing your best clothes. Where he's like almost becoming like a like a torch singer for a second there. Uh. All of a sudden it sounds very worldly when he hits that blue note, that E flat that he just hints at, like kind of almost like a half tone in between the E and the D. Yeah. So that's one melody. Yep. And then the other melody we get is the falsetto me- melody. And that one goes... It's like the sound of music. One Direction, are, as we've said, are our modern-day castrati. So yes. they always go high. So we have these just these alternating between these two melodies over the same set of chords. Really, the only changes we get in the first four minutes of the song and yes i said the first four minutes of the song wait hold on hold hold up yeah it's a pop song it's over three minutes it's way over so (laughs) we're just talking about the first four minutes and then there's another minute and a half after that Ooh. yeah so this is a this is a beast of a song right here yeah but somewhat surprisingly for four minutes there's almost no variation from this pattern the only thing that changes is the instrumentation and that does change pretty epically this is where the song wins me over more i really dig a lot of this stuff happening in the background out of nowhere we've just had voice and piano very sparse yeah this ascending slide guitar drums enter multiple electric guitars synthesized strings it's all of a sudden it's this really rich thick rock texture I have to pause and say that before the texture even happens, my favorite moment of the song occurs. Right as all of these new sounds are coming in, there's this... Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. The ascending slide guitar glissando. A lot of people have been making Bowie references and... 
it's so similar to Space Oddity, where you similarly start with a song, which is kind of sparse, not a lot going on, and then all of a sudden there's this kind of experience before everything lands and explodes and is phenomenal. Yeah, and as in Bowie track, it's this is a, a pretty wonderful moment, I think. You have to wait for it. You have to wait over a minute just to get a drum or a guitar in the song. Yeah. But when you do, it really pays off. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. A drum or a guitar? Isn't this song called Sign of the Times? Like, where are the giant bass synths? It's funny that this song is about the sign of the times, and yet it sounds like a Bowie track. Oh, you're saying it doesn't sound very contemporary at all. Not really. No. I was just kind of realizing it's, you know, it's all guitar and bass and drums focus, all instruments you might expect from a, a 70s rock anthem, but not something you're hearing a lot on popular music today. That's true. Let's dig into that in the second half. I have a hypothesis about that. Ooh, all right. Keep me waiting. All right. What else you got, though? Okay, so we keep going. The minutes roll by. Yeah. At this point, you could rip Van Winkle your way through the song and just fall asleep for three minutes and wake up and be like, oh, same thing, still happening. (laughs) (laughs) This cycle of chords, these two different melodies going back and forth. And if you just listen to the first four minutes of this song, you could make a pretty strong case that it's maybe a little boring, honestly. Yeah. Maybe a little repetitive, maybe kind of missing something. Sure. I will say it does get stuck in your head. It's very successful in this song. It is. Mm. You were singing those two melodies for the rest of the day after you listened to four minutes of it. (laughs) But that's not what happens because there is a change. And now I just actually want to focus on the last minute and a half of the song. So around the four minute mark, something remarkable happens. What's that? First of all, the melody changes. Oh, yeah, it does. When he says, we don't talk enough, we should open up, we hear a new melody. We've Again, we've only heard these two melodies, and now all of a sudden we hear a new melody that sounds like this. But that's not all. The biggest surprise is still coming, right? So we've said that... But wait, there's more. (laughs) We've said that this chord progression is just three chords cycling ad infinitum. Right. F major, D minor, C major, and then back up to F major. But this time, something unprecedented happens. F major, D minor, C major, B flat major. (gasps) Ooh, the chord that he had dropped out that I had expected at the very beginning. He brings it back at the end. Yes, the four chord, the subdominant B flat, and the chords descend down to this, and we have this incredible build. Da 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 da. Everything just crescendos back up to the F major. And all of a sudden, when I heard this the first time, I was like, whoa, okay, you know what? I'm sold. Harry Styles, you win. 
this is a great song uh-huh. because all of a sudden with this little change he has kind of earned this moment of apotheosis and catharsis and suddenly I, I think in the rear view mirror the whole song makes sense this endless grinding cyclical chord progression and kind of just exchanging back and forth these two melodies mm. this is them being running and stuck at the same time yeah and then all of a sudden it's like i think the 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 rapture is starting you know <laughs> like when we hit that b flat right so the chords are all just descending they're going down and down and down and down then there's this rising line that brings you back up to the home key and then you go down and down and down and down again right because then the chord progression cycles back down to that b flat and then back up so now we we have this new progression f major d minor c major b flat and his vocals are getting more impassioned. There's more and more instruments appearing here. The texture is just getting thicker and thicker. Mighty drum fills firing on all cylinders. Some really cool sort of George Harrison-like guitar riffs happening yes. in the background. And Charles. So check this out. Yes. So B, B flat, right? Yeah. We were kind of waiting. You were waiting for that chord from the very beginning of this song. I was. I, as I said, I expected that chord to be the third chord they play. It just because the chord progression is so common, the pattern of the F down to the D minor is like, oh, B flat's the next thing. It's obvious. So here it is finally. Here it is finally. But what's crazy about this is that not only does it take us four minutes to get this B flat subdominant four chord. Yeah. Check out what's been happening in the melody. Let's let's go back to the very beginning. Our first melody. I'm just gonna break this down in notes for a second. So we're in the key of F major. Okay. F major has seven notes. F, G, A, B flat, C, D, E. Yeah. So the first melody covers four notes. Just stop you crying. Da 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 da. F F F F F G E D. Okay? Yeah. And then it goes a little further down. It hits C when when we get gotta get away from here. It goes E D C. Okay. So now we've covered five notes. Okay. Collectively, we've covered F, G, E, D, and C. Yeah. So that just leaves three more notes in this song. No, only two more notes. A and B flat. Yes. We get the A in the other melody, the high falsetto melody. The one that goes da 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 because that right. melody goes C A C A A G F G A A. So he's kind of dancing around and there is a note that he's not hitting. Right. So I see where you're taking me. He uses all the notes of F major in these melodies. Right. Except B flat. He uses six of the seven notes. Even when we get to this four minute mark. Yeah. And finally, we get that B-flat chord. We still don't get a B-flat in the melody. Still don't get a B-flat in the melody. Okay. When he says, we don't talk enough, he's going A, G, D, C. Okay. It's not until they go into the, the next section where he repeats the line, stop your crying. And then he goes, we got to get away. And his voice goes up and up and it's getting more and more intense. He almost shouts, we got to get away. And at that moment, he finally hits the B flat that he's been avoiding this entire song. The melody has been, as you said, dancing around. What's the experience of that? I think at this moment, the song like reaches some form of completion, (laughs) some kind of like holistic 
weakness. <laughs> like we've finally gotten the B flat in the chord progression, and now we've gotten the B flat in the melody, and it's like everything has come together. Ascendance. Yeah, ascension. Sure, Alia, Kali Yuga, whatever, you, whatever it is for you. Oh, this is that moment. This is like the eschatological moment of the song. Okay, so Professor Sloan, you're saying it's interesting because I don't know, like if it's positive or negative because he's still saying we've got to get away even though it sounds very triumphant it's like i think again i said there's like a mix of panic and resignation here right i almost hear that resignation even though it is very like celebratory got to get away yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean what's also interesting about this is that that b flat that they've been saving yeah has a very specific function within Western tonal harmony where it's known as the plagal cadence when you move from B flat to F, when you move from subdominant to tonic. The plagal cadence. It's called the plagal cadence, but it's also called, do you know the other name for that, Charles? Reach way back to sophomore year of college and your music theory course. Uh, Is it the church cadence? Amen? Wow. Wow, Charles. A plus plus gold star. You nailed it. The church cadence, the amen cadence, because it's the final sung prayer in Christian liturgy of amen. You always do that B flat F subdominant tonic cadence. Play the cadence. Okay, so the word ascension is totally appropriate because if this song is some apocalyptic prophecy and the rapture is happening, we're building up with this sense of tension and angst and there's something lost and something missing throughout this lost note. And when we hit it, it's the note, which is that amen chord. He's singing amen at the very end of of the song, ascending up into the heavens through the rapture. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, Charles. <laughs> That's why you quoted that scripture earlier, isn't it? It all comes full circle. Uh... Speaking of which, let's step away. Let's digest everything that has just happened. I know it's a lot. And when we come back, let's talk about some of the influences that you're hearing in this piece. And let's talk about some of the reception of it. I promise no more eschatology. Okay, <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Switched on Pop. So, Charles, we've been listening to Sign of the Times, and you drew, I think, a very compelling comparison to the work of David Bowie here. Yeah. Which I think is totally valid. But I think... I would like to focus on some other sonic analogs I hear here. What are you hearing? And that would be to the the work of the the late Beatles, the solo Beatles. Ooh, the solo Beatles. Yeah, particularly John Lennon and George Harrison's post-Beatles careers. I mean, this seems fitting because like the Beatles, One Direction is now starting to release solo material, trying to define themselves. So for me, it's interesting that maybe Harry Styles is like, oh, I'm going to go to the Beatles and figure out how to do the solo thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially because you might argue that he needs to differentiate himself from the other One Direction soloists out there. Sure. Which I think, going back to your earlier point, is maybe why he's doing this somewhat retro, nostalgic, sonic landscape here. Hmm. Because if we look at his former bandmate Zane's song, Pillow Talk, here we have a very contemporary, hyper-rhythmic uh, R&B track. Climb on we'll go slow and Ditto if we turn to Lewis Tomlinson's collaboration with Steve Aoki, Just Hold On. Wish that you could build a time machine So you could see the things no one can see Both steeped in the current electronic music trend of our, of our time. So perhaps Harry Styles is thinking, okay, I need to differentiate myself. I need to stand out right. from my erstwhile colleagues here. And in doing so, references uh, songs like John Lennon's Number Nine Dream. Also present is that kind of ascending slide guitar that we heard in Sign of the Times and Bowie's Space Oddity. And then when we get into the moments in Sign of the Times when we have these really thick instrumental textures with lots of guitars playing simultaneously. It seems reminiscent of tracks like George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. I think there's a lot of references to classic British 
rock in this uh, song, Sign of the Times. But for me, the most sort of trenchant ones are those Beatles references because they seem just like so in line with what he's going through at this moment releasing this song. I can even hear a little bit of the B-side of Abbey Road where you have basically the beginning of of the Beatles solo directions and a long build up across songs about the end. So there's there's a bit of those sounds of the pianos. Oh, interesting. The electric guitars, yeah. the strings, yeah, all of that. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So there might be another Beatles intersection too in that both One Direction and the Beatles they might not have much in common but they do have one thing in common Charlie what do you do you know do you know what that might be what's the what, what might be the first thing you think of as those two bands having in common British boy bands yes take that one step further they didn't both perform on the Ed Sullivan show <laughs> no they did not <laughs> the boy band go go with the boy bands Think of the fans. Think of the... Beatlemania. Beatlemania. One Direction. One Demania. One Demania. That's actually pretty <laughs> catchy. Ooh. Ooh, the One Demania fan club. We should start that. New podcast. I think, right. I think one of the first things we think of when we think of both of these bands is the figure of the screaming teenage girl. That's right, yeah. Go on, scream. They're here. George, John, Paul, and Ringo. The monarchs of Merseyside Town. Was it any wonder the seagulls on the nearby reservoir flew off in hysterics? And again, when you think of Beatlemania, that's what you think of. And when you type in Sign of the Times into YouTube, you get a lot of screaming, crying, fainting teenage (laughs) girls. Fainting in front of the YouTube camera. That's kind of funny. Okay, I made that one up. But I'm, I'm, sure it's, I'm, I'm sure it's out there. I don't doubt that it exists. But as we did with the first time we talked about One Direction on this show, I think this gives us an opportunity to take teenage fandom seriously. Hmm. Because it is so diminished and made fun of and, and mocked in our culture, right? These teen girls going crazy for... Harry Styles and Justin Bieber and Chris Brown and other young, handsome male phenoms. I mean, it's something we don't take seriously. We just, hmm. yeah, we don't take that culture seriously. And it's and it's across other genres. You know, it's it's it goes into literature for teenage girls, movies, fashion. It all seems very frivolous and silly to us, right? I don't want to say right because I think that makes me a bad person. I do think that that is a cultural trope. It is a cultural trope. Okay, so fair enough. And you don't worry, you are a bad person, Charlie. You are not <laughs> you are not ascending. We've established that. You are not ascending. I'm getting up there, but you're you're staying down here. So I I like to suggest so that it might be a service to us to take seriously what teenage girls are listening to and what they love. It's interesting. You watch some of these videos and and it might surprise you the the reasons that people seem to love hmm. Harry Styles. I want to hear more. I mean, he's so wonderful, and I mean this in the best way, like, he has charmed the world just by being himself. Like, he doesn't have to do anything special, he doesn't have to put anything on, just being him is enough. She's tearing and up. And I'm so mm. ready. How many minutes have we got? Okay, two minutes. <laughs> My hand is actually shaking. Just being him is enough. I don't know, there's something, there's something beautiful 
about that to me. This is a very pure love that these fans feel for One Direction. And it's one rooted, despite all the 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 branding and corporatization of boy bands and girl groups like this, I think mm. there is a beautiful authenticity in the relationship between these fans and their superstar imagined paramours. Oh, yeah. You know, you were talking about how teenage girl fandom is not taken seriously. And it takes me back to the Spin magazine piece that I read. The title of, of, of this post is, Harry Styles' sign of the times is pompous, overblown, and too long, and his fans are going to love it. And what does that title infer about his fans? I think that there's this really nasty gendered criticism and youth criticism happening in this piece, which, frankly, it just sort of makes me disgusted that I've, I've, I've went along with it for a moment. Because when, the, when I listen to this, it, clearly this person is having a, a very powerful relationship to the singer, and especially with the message of getting to simply be yourself as a young person, that's really powerful. Yeah, Charles, I love that you said that. And we, and we ignore the tastes of teenage girls at our own peril, because just as the Beatles were, their success was really predicted by their teen girl fans. Mm. And in some ways, I should say fostered, because these were the people who, when the Beatles were getting their start at the Cavern Club in Liverpool, were actually spreading the word about the band, creating fan clubs, buying their albums. People didn't really, and by people I mean like mainstream journalists, like didn't really take the Beatles seriously at first. They also thought that there was just a, a teen fad, Beatlemania, the mop-haired, androgynous uh, crushes of, of prepubescent girls. <laughs> Weren't they surprised then when the Beatles turned out to be uh, one of the most dominant forces in music of the 20th century? <laughs> now, am I saying that One Direction and Harry Styles... <laughs> Are John Lennon? I don't the know. Beatles no. and John Lennon? No, I no, don't no, mean no. to suggest that. Yeah. But I do think it's a mistake to push the tastes and opinions of teen girls to the side just because um, they, they, they are trivial and not based in hard fact, but just sort of uh, raw emotion or something. Hmm. As you said, that seems to be a very troubling and very gendered and ageist kind yeah. of view. Definitely. And, and aren't we even somewhat complicit even to laugh along that, oh, they could never be the Beatles and, and maybe we're here we are becoming set in our ways. Um, it's, I, th I think we shouldn't we shouldn't sit here and judge the history of music until maybe a little bit later. I think you're absolutely right. And, and that's let's make a pact. The next time we discuss any of the members of One Direction, it will not be you and I, but two teenage girls here instead. That's a great idea. I'd like to do that. Okay. Great. Then we said we're virtual handshake over the over the phone. Virtual handshake. All right. Done and done. Charlie, thank you so much for diving deep into Harry Styles' sign of the times with me. I'm going to go now and listen to this F major, D minor, C major, F minor, D minor, <laughs> C major chord progression and just wait for that B flat release when I can float up into the celestial <laughs> once again. And I'm going to continue to break down my own obnoxious early teenage years predisposed expectations of music and taste and get out of those ideas of uh connections between good and bad and celebrity and what is serious based on youth sentimentality i feel like i need to go do a little bit of uh, gratitude journaling and, and reflection 
Amen. <laughs> Plagal cadence. <laughs> All right, that's a beautiful ending. Switched on Pop is produced by me, Nate Sloan. And me, Charlie Harding. Our editor is the wonderful Bill Lance. Our design is done by Luke Harris. And we are a proud member of the Panoply Network. You can find more of our episodes on whatever device you use to listen to podcasts. Check us out at our website, www.switchedonpop.com, or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. That's at Switched On Pop. We'd love to hear what you think of Young Harry's debut single. Yeah, I, we have to say that we actually covered this song because the amount of requests on Twitter was overwhelming, and we're very thankful for all of the noise. So if you if you drop us a yeah. line on Twitter, it's very likely that song might end up on the show. <laughs> We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And until then, thanks, thanks for listening. For listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.